Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select 10,000 layups. 10,000. Ten thousand layups. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the Ten Thousand Layups Podcast. I am Kyle Radke. He's Julian Andrews. Julian, it's our last podcast of twenty twenty two. Yeah. Very well, sad. maybe unless uh, unless something absolutely insane happens tomorrow, we have to do an emergency pod. I'll be, Which I'll we be, probably won't do anyway. I'll be skiing so. tomorrow all day. So, all right. um, wolves maybe. don't trade. Don't trade cat tomorrow. Yeah, don't do anything crazy tomorrow. Um, well, hopefully everyone had uh, happy holidays. And we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. Um, it's like the weirdest week of work because, yeah. like, it like especially with Christmas and New Year's on weekends. So like you're not necessarily taking the whole week off, but right. more than chance, like more than likely, you've got like a day or two off, and then nobody's mm-hmm. really working. But there's some stuff to do, and yeah, it's very, always very weird. weird. Always weird weeks. Um, I don't hate it though. I get a lot done. Same. I was going to say, like, literally, I think on Tuesday, I worked for like, I mean, I, I was online the whole day, but like in th- within three hours, I finished like the like what I would have done in like two days. Yeah, totally. With that, because it's yep. like you get meetings and whatever. Yep. Um, OK, let's let's talk Wolves. Um, been a tough little week for the Wolves. Um, four straight losses. They've lost the Mavericks. They've lost to the Celtics, they lost to the Heat, where the like that looked like the win. Yep. Because Miami basically sat all their guys. Gobert got killed by some like undrafted or second round pick guy. Um, and we'll get into him a little bit later. And Not the Pelicans, good. they lost to the Pelicans last night, which was actually like a good game. Yeah. Um, they they definitely could have won it. They probably should have won it. Um, but like it was a competitive game and probably like the best out of the four that they played. Um yeah, somebody somebody texted me yesterday, like tough or today, like tough loss for the Wolves last night. And I was like, you know, actually, Wolves Twitter is more optimistic about yeah. that game than like anything I've seen in in months. 
Like it's I kind know. of wild. And that's a game they lost, but it's like better than getting the shit kicked out of you by like a heat with no no starters. You know? Yeah, no, I I agree. Like I I went I wasn't able to watch the whole thing. I I watched the end of it, but like it was um yeah, it's it seemed like a little bit more competitive than than the others and um it's a good good showing by Zion. Um yeah. but yeah, like they got the Bucks um tomorrow night. So it doesn't get easier. So let's just assume you lose that game. You're suddenly 16 and 20, um, 11th in the West. You're two and a half games back from a play in spot. Not good. Um, which is like just kind of a nightmare at this point. Then the, the good news is there's light here. Um, this is assuming you can take care of business against teams that you should win, which, you know, this is where like we, we talk about like the start of the season and how like the Spurs, you lost two games to the Thunder, you lost two games to, um, you know, even if you, like if you were able to win three of those games, suddenly you're, you know, you're 19 and, and that's, you know, it's a three game swing. You're, you're yeah. so like it, it, like these games are super important, especially when there's just like not much room for air with this totally. team anymore. Yep. Um, up next you have the Pistons, the Nuggets, Blazers and Clippers at home. So Pistons and Blazers, you're going to be favorites, Nuggets and Clippers. If you can steal one at home, that'd be great. And then you go pissed rockets and pistons on the road, two teams that are trying, like the pistons are trying to lose. The rockets are trying to lose. Um, so like right there that, that you should go 500 in those games. And then you hope you can yep. steal one from the blazers or, or clippers. This team just needs to put together some sort of like a hot streak or yeah. like something, because it's just so inconsistent where we see like these little glimmers of, you know, like when, when go bear and cat were out, like ant, was really good. Um, and then Gobert comes back and like, we don't really know. Like, It's just like consistency um, at this point with this team. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's like good to see what we saw from Ant and from Jaden, but like, it's very difficult for me to get too encouraged right now because there's been no indication that anything good that happens in any given game is going to be repeatable because it yeah. seems like it's just like a random assortment of sometimes good games, sometimes bad ones, you know, Gobert looks decent. Sometimes other times he just looks horrible. As you mentioned, he got beat up by like an undrafted rookie on the heat. Um, I guess credit to that guy, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's just hard. It's just really hard because especially with cat out, you know, it's too, it's like, who the hell knows what's going to happen when he comes back. The team was bad with him. Mm -hmm. They've been best when Ant has been their best player, which is like something that we've, we've said, but it's, it's hard to say like when, I don't know. It's just like hard to say how the wolves are going to replicate any of this success. So we'll see. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And like the thing, that's the thing, like we're 35 games in, which is like, less than half a season, I guess, but like, it's also like we're entering like the, this is who they are territory. Yeah. And, and I get like some of the games are been without cat, but like, you know, we see injuries all the time throughout the league. Like, yeah. Uh, like Devin Booker's out for four weeks with, with yeah. the Suns, and that sucks. And like, we're going to see more injuries, like hit teams. Um, and it's just like how we react. And like, like we, we can't act like cat being out is why this team is bad because this team no. is bad with cat. So exactly like, Yeah. I, I so I think like the biggest difference here is that I feel like when the wolves like it's like every new kind of piece of adversity, the wolves are almost like totally changing who they are and how they do things. And like that's not what happens when 
stars go out in other teams. You know, like Devin Booker might be out. The Suns are going to still kind of play the same way. You know, like they're not going to have Booker, which is obviously worse. Um, but their their identity doesn't like fundamentally shift. And I feel like the Wolves just have to play in such a different way, depending on like who's hot or who they're choosing to feature, that it's impossible to like yeah, like even figure out who the team are is. Like you say this is who they are time, but like I don't even know that and what that's they what I, at this point. And yeah. that's yeah, and I, I guess that's a, that's a pretty good point because it's like we don't know who they are, but like there's some teams that are just like that. Like where yeah, you're they're like, just like wildly I, inconsistent. And, yeah, you're like, yeah. I don't I don't know what this team is. And yeah, like in, in a bad way. Like yeah, it's bad. Um like yeah, it's like kind of like the you know, I, I think of a team like in the east, like the Atlanta Hawks, where it's like yeah, I kind of know who you are and like you're a good player. Like, I don't really know who you are. It's like, yeah. I don't know what you're trying to do and like whatever. Um, yeah, like the Timberwolves right now, um, they rank 29th in three pointers allowed defensively, 25th in three point percentage allowed, 21st in total rebounds, which was supposed to be like the big thing with, yeah. with Gobert. The offense has just been horrendous 28th oh. in turnovers and then 22nd in points allowed. Um, and yeah, and that's like the the big thing. It's like the big loss, the big L with the Gobert trade. And like, I, I think like at this point you can be like, yep, yeah, that was the you give the trade an F right now for the Timberwolves, and certainly that changes because you have three more years of this. Um, but like, it has not worked out at all, um, clearly. But like the defensive aspect of it, or the 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 defensive aspect of it is certainly the most disappointing because the go bear thing was be like, okay, this team was really good offensively. Now you're going to bring in a guy and you're going to be a top five defense. And I think the frustrating thing is like offensively, the team's also not good. And yeah. like, like, you know, they're like percentages and whatever, like where they rank in the league, it's not as alarming as their defensive stats. But if you watch a game and just like watch the eye test, it is like each possession is a grind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other night, like, we're, you know, we're 35 games into the season and these guys are around each other and they, whatever. And like, there was like three or four plays where Nas Reed went to the paint and uh, shot like a little bunny. And then Anthony Edwards did and Jalen Noel did. And like, just these like little mid tier shots. And Jim Peterson talked about how like Gobert was clearly open on all of those and was just waiting for the lob. And that's like something yeah. that like players have not gotten comfortable with yet, like throwing him the lob pass. And it's like, okay, we're like half a season in, like, it's not that hard. And they're taking like these really difficult shots. And then no, like Gobert can't catch a fucking ball at all. And he, he obviously can't spread the the floor. And like, I guess for me, like the easy thing is when, when people are like, Oh my God, if only we saw these things coming from the off season. Right. And that's like kind of a cop out because problems that we're seeing now weren't necessarily the problems that we no. thought they're they're actually more they're more personality driven than they are like basketball driven yeah there's also like a lot of people a lot of these stats have been floating around twitter lately about how like with gobert on the court the wolves are like a top five defense and a bottom five offense and then when he comes off the court it switches and they become like a really good offense and a like the worst defense in the league yeah so and that shouldn't happen you know like Gobert, like Gobert should not be such a zero on offense like that. I think like that's, and that's kind of what you're saying, I think, but like 
the problem is not that he's been bad defensively. Like, even though the blocks have not been there, like he has not been as good defensively as you want him to, but the Wolves are still a good defense when he's on the court. But then it's like they're playing fucking four on five on offense. Yeah. You know? And like, so, and you're not going to win like that, like no matter how good you are defensively, because and this is an offensive league. So it's, it's, uh, it's really hard how bad he's been on offense and it's not something that you really would predict. I mean, you, that, you figured yeah. he'd be at least as good as Jared Vanderbilt, right? You know, yeah. like that was the calculus and, and that has not been the case. Yeah. And I think like the, the two problems with him offensively are the fact that a, he wants to shoot. Like he wants to be a, an integral part of the offense, yeah. uh-huh. which is like tough. But then two, your team is not built to, have him on your team. Like I, I think of somebody like Bismack Biombo, right? Like he, the, the, why does he thrive with the Suns? Well, it's because you have Devin Booker, you have Cam Johnson, you have Macal Bridges, yeah. Chris Paul. You have like a bunch of guys that can shoot around him where like you look at the Timberwolves and it's like, okay, you have D'Angelo Russell, who's a streaky shooter. And also you like, th- I listened to a good podcast the other day, but talking about just like guys like Jokic, what makes him so good is that he passes so quickly. Yeah. It's like D'Angelo Russell does not do that. So, Okay, uh, streaky shooter. Edwards, like, still not a great three-point yep. shooter. Kyle Anderson, not a three-point shooter at all. Like, Turing Prince, okay, but on any other team, like, wouldn't be relied upon to, like, shoot threes. Jalen Noel, mid-range shooter. Yeah. Like, yeah. For- so just, Forbes has been awful. Your best so three-point shooter is Cat, who's hurt, and who's hurt. who's doesn't want to shoot threes, or, like, and, who wasn't teamed up to shoot them. Yeah, and, like, who probably, like, you're probably doing yourself a disservice as a team if you have Cat and, like, you're making him sit in the corner which that then it goes back to the point that we talked about in the off season of like, well, why would you already have a big, that's like really good. Like, you know, looking back, it's like the, the answer was probably somebody like JaVale McGee or um, like not yeah, this season. Right, he's right. having a tough year, but like, or like a Bismack Biombo type. Yeah, um, not necessarily like the all in guy. Cause yeah. especially you see like what Nas Reed is doing right now. And it's like, Oh, okay. I think I like him better than I, you know, like, it, it, yeah, offensively, really I feel hard. much better. Um, let's go through Gobert's stats because, like, obviously, a new team, um, you know, it, it's hard to get adjusted. But, like, for me, some of it is just like effort based too with the eye test. But then you look at the stats and you're like, oh, okay, that that, that actually all checks out. His points per game last year, 15.6. This year, 13.8. So about a two point drop. Uh, last year, 14.7 rebounds. This year, 12. So 2.7 rebounds per game. Uh, blocks 2.1 last year, 1.3 this year. Field goal percentage 71.3% last year, 66.7 this year. Uh, his free throw percentage is down from 69 to 68%. Um, his win shares per 48 last year were was 0.264, this year 0.183. Yeah. His PER last year 24.7, 19.4 this year, and then um, defensive rebound percentage last year 36.3 this year 28.9 so like virtually yeah. everything that makes rudy gobert rudy gobert is not good so. i mean in his yeah as you said this the effort on on the rebounds is just like on that last possession against the pelicans he just like doesn't Zion misses and he just like doesn't jump and it's just like what the heck you yeah know? And, like, the, and the physical like like there you know like those plays where you get caught in between on like a, a, a pick or a roll when you have, uh, and this, I like the other night against the, um, God, what game was it? Um, uh, I want to, maybe it was the Celtics M- might've been, um, might've been another game, 
Um, but like he got caught, maybe it was a heat game, but he got caught like four times in a pick and roll. And instead of just being, a, oh, it was a heat game. Yep. Instead of being aggressive with the guy with the ball and like trying to block a shot, he just kind of like stood in no man's land. Mm-hmm. And then it was either the guy would shoot or he'd lob it up to the guy next to him and Gobert like didn't move in the middle. Yep. And it's like, you, you have to do something. And the the whole thing about you, like, well, when you're at the rim, Gobert just like changes shots because of how he does things. And it's like, well, yeah, you have to at least jump or something. And there's been like so many times this year where I see him caught in the middle and he doesn't do anything. And I'm just like, I've, I've never been a center in the NBA. So I, I, I guess I, I don't yeah. know what's going on in his mind and like what adjustments he needs to make. But I'm, I, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm, it th- throws, throws me for a loop. Totally. Um, okay. Uh, I put together some of the expiring contracts for the mm. wolves. Um, basically like if you're like, cause everybody's like, Oh my God, the wolves should blow it up. Well, it's like they shouldn't because they don't no. have their picks. And what, what, what does that mean? Well, but you could perhaps get assets for expiring contracts totally. or whatever. Um, kind of reshuffle the deck, if you will. Um, expiring, uh, D'Angelo Russell, he's due 31.3 million this year. Tareen Prince, uh, eight million, and I think it's a team option for next year at eight million. Um, Nas Reed, one point nine million, and certainly like his trade value is probably through the roof. Um, except he doesn't have that contract um, for the future years yep. yet. Uh, Austin Rivers, one point eight million. Bryn Forbes, one point eight million. Um, I put together a stupid trade that might not be this. very stupid. Okay, so like, think about a team like the Lakers. They are fourteen and twenty-one, and they are not good and they need something. And there's been like rumors of like DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, like what could they do to fix whatever's going on? And like, uh-huh. the thing is they, they don't have their pick. The Pelicans have their pick. So yeah, it's like they could tank or whatever, but like LeBron, I think he had a quote the other day saying how he wants to win. Okay. This, this isn't like, I don't think Lakers trades would be like fans would be thrilled with this trade, but ponder me this. The Timberwolves trade D'Angelo Russell and Tareen Prince in exchange for Russell Westbrook. So the the Lakers are able to get off of the Westbrook contract. Yeah. The Timberwolves give up Russell, um, who's an expiring anyways. Uh, they give up Prince, who is under a nice, you know, if they want to keep bringing him back for $8 million next year, the Lakers can do that. And like suddenly he'd be like their third or fourth best player. Yeah. Um, and then in return, the Wolves would also, you know, you if, if you wanted to get, um, I think in the trade I actually put together, I put together um, like you, you can get like m- maybe the 2025 first round pick, maybe the 2027, maybe both yeah. like, protected. Um, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Is that stupid? Cause um, I, was, I was trying to think of like logical places for D'Angelo Russell. And it's like actually kind of hard to think of. Yeah. I guess I, I don't really see why the wolves would want to do this. They don't really know what Russ does for the wolves because like russ is worse than d i think yeah like, i don't think it's more necessary. so it's like if you can get a first to take the contract yes that, that, then, that was then for sure you do it um but like i don't know how much yeah, the workers care about offloading doing, the contract as it's an expiring you're i i agree with you um with, with both expirings i think you're right I think you would need like a 2027 first or something yeah. or like a 2025 first with it. I agree. But just to like, and I don't know, I'm just like, sp- well, no, you're right though, because 
I mean, it's very possible that like if the Lakers are not willing to move both of their firsts for like the Miles Turner Buddy Heald thing, that mm-hmm. something like this is probably the best they can get if they want. And the get Pacers off. are like better than the Lakers this yeah. year, so it's if like they want to get off the Westbrook, Pacers to tank. Yeah. Um, if they, yeah, if they want to get off of Westbrook and also improve this season, and that's worth a first, like if they just want to get Westbrook out of the building and get somebody in who can help right away, like this might be honestly like Lakers fans will not be happy at the, about this, but this might be kind of the best they could do or close to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, and maybe it's no, like I, three, I mean I like it for the Wolves. Maybe it's a three-team thing if you're able to get some money, mm, but mm-hmm. um, all right, I don't hate good. it. It's interesting. I mean, I think that the Wolves and the Lakers kind of philosophically makes sense as trade partners because they're both screwed right now. I have another trade for you. All right. Um, I was, I was going to talk about this later, but I have another trade that I put together. Um, it involves, so Devin Booker's out four weeks. Mm -hmm. The Suns, they're 20 and 16. They're fifth in the West. They've lost four or five Mm -hmm. it's where you'd love to have someone like Cam Johnson step up, but Cam Johnson's hurt. You'd love Chris Paul to step up, but Chris Paul is old. Um, Aiton is good, but he's not, like he's not an all pro center. Mm-hmm. Um, Bridges is a, a you know, n- not a star. Uh, what if you have like the Suns have Jay Crowder sitting there who has not played? They have Dario Saric who's currently injured right now. Yeah. Um, and then you have somebody like Cameron Payne. What if you took those three guys, added in a first round pick, and gave it to the Wolves for D'Angelo Russell? It gives the Suns another ball handler, shot creator. Um, and then when Booker returns, you can get Russell coming off the bench as like a better version of campaign. Yeah. Um, you get him for one year. The, the money works out. Um, and for, if you're the wolves, you get these three guys that probably don't do much for you besides add depth perhaps. Uh, but you're able to get something for it. And if, if you're able to get a first round pick, even if it's like the 2023 first round pick and it ends up being like pick number 22, you're at least able to recoup something back in like the go bear trade where yeah it's a pick where you probably thought you'd be if you went to made the trade so um hit me with your thoughts i mean i, I really, was actually proud of this one i really like it um i think it makes a lot of sense for both teams but i'm not sure if the i'm not sure if the subs would want to throw a first in that's that's my only concern like i think that might be more of a two seconds um but i guess i don't know it's just i have a very hard time gauging d'angelo russell's trade value around the league right now because like he's such a bad fit on the wolves team right now that it's hard for me to imagine him helping anybody. But at the same time, like he does have a skill set that especially like off the bench for a contender could be very useful. Um, And like in theory, right? Like you watch campaign play in the playoffs like three years ago or two years ago. And you were like, Oh my God, like this guy is really good. And, you know, and obviously kind of came back to earth, but then you look and you're like, Oh, that's like what D'Angelo Russell could be right and like that bench role yeah. or whatever um i don't i, I think mean, campaign I mean, and jay crowder would help the wolves a lot um i like dario a lot as a player but i am not really sure where he fits in with like already having nas as a backup big i think like if you do this you maybe want to look at trying to sell really high on nas um and have Sharich kind of slot in as your Backup center, backup power forward. Well, I mean, Dario, I guess I said he was hurt. He's played 18 games this year. He's playing 10 minutes a game. So it's not like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You don't really. I don't even know if yeah. he's at the point where he's like getting, Playable. should even get yeah. 
a run. Like these are just guys because he's getting paid nine million dollars. These are just guys to make the contracts work. Um, so it's you know, really then, like if you're, yeah, and if you're able to get Jay Crowder, if you're the Wolves, maybe you either you're able to buy him out or trade him to another team for a second round pick or whatever because he's a useful guy. Like you trade him to the Bucks or something. Yeah. Um, which is like the irony here is like he'd actually be pretty helpful for the Suns right now. Um, it's pretty helpful for the wolves too. I mean, I think like, yeah. I think if you're the wolves, but like the whole thing was to keep Jay Crowder. Yeah. The whole thing was for the Suns, like they didn't have room for him and he's going to not start anymore. And now it's like, Oh my God, we, we could use Jay Crowder. They kind of yeah. mismanaged that whole situation. Yeah. You know, the Suns did. Cause, cause I think, I mean, I still think the Suns could be really good this year, but it's hard. I mean, especially with Cam Johnson out, like he was such, he's such a big part of what they do now. I guess I'm confused yeah. when guys like Jay Crowder are like, I need to start. Or like I then he gets really offended. Yeah. It's like Jay Crowder, do you think you're that good? Like you're certainly like a playoff rotation guy, but like you're most you known know. for tripping people in the playoffs though. Like Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't um, know, man. That's a yeah, that's a pretty I, interesting one though. Like I think I'll say this. I think if the if if we're in a position right now, and whether or not we're aware of it or not, where teams like the Suns are at all interested in D'Angelo Russell, then the Wolves are in way better shape. Yeah, you know. And so, I hope, and I'm sure that they are. Well, I'm not sure, but I hope that they're exploring that because he's a he's as clear of a trade candidate as I've like ever seen. For the yeah, Wolves. there's no reason to keep D'Angelo Russell past the deadline. You're not going to resign him. This like. We had kind of kicked around in the offseason. Like maybe he kind of emerges as a, you know, like a, a good starting point guard and you bring him back on reasonable money. That That's kind of off the table, right? Like I, he's I, not the right point guard for this group. Yeah, um, I, I, I totally agree. And like I know people are like, if you trade him and don't get a max back, like you lose that contract slot. So what? I don't really know like the ins and outs of that, but like I don't like. I don't like, I don't think that the, the problem isn't that the team needs, obviously would love to have another max player to go over, but, but like this team just needs, needs to kind of figure out its identity. So, I mean, I the guess, bird has flown. Like you're not, you're not trading D'Angelo Russell's max for a max player who should be on a max contract <laughs> because yeah. the point of this like, is that dealer should not be on a max contract. I guess like the, the theory would be like, you should get, um, you know, if you get two guys that are making $17 million sure. for the next two years, like you get like yeah. two Spencer Dinwiddie's or something. Yeah. And it's like, you'd rather have that than one. But then if you're another team, it's like, well, why would you, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Yeah. If it's a good move for one team, why would you want to get rid of that? So, um, I well, agree. I and like, if there's I, like if there's two guys who are on bad contracts, but they're longer and the wolves just say like, well, we're not gonna be able to do anything with money. Let's absorb the bad contracts. Yeah. And then that other team can get off the money when Delo's contract is up. Like I get that, but I'm struggling to think of that situation in practice for any team because like who's, I mean, who's outside of like the Lakers whose main contract issue is an expiring anyway, like who's overpaid and disappointing. Like, in the I mean, league right like now the, the bulls maybe yeah um the, the whole bulls team but also like the the thing is like again this this goes into like a, one of our other topics on this on this sheet is like this year more than any you're getting more and more teams to tank where you don't have those fringe teams that maybe like maybe they could talk themselves into like okay we're gonna give up a first round pick for russell and like we're gonna put four shitty contracts together and just hope yeah. that he can be like a 25 minute 
guy off the bench. Like, I mean, teams like Washington, they're 15 and 21, right? Like they're not going to go for it. They're going to go the other direction. You have a team like Chicago, which they're in like a weird situation. They're 15 and 19. They're in 10th in the East right now. Their pick is top four protected. uh, Otherwise it goes to Orlando, but it's like, they're clearly not a good team and things aren't working for them. And which is a shame because they have so much talent. Then you have a team like uh, Toronto and they're an interesting team too. They're 15 and 19. And it's like, suddenly it's like the teams that are tanking for sure. You have the, the rockets, you have the spurs, you have the pistons, you have the uh, hornets, you have the magic. Then you could throw in Washington, Toronto and Chicago. And then from the, from the West, it's like, I mean, depending on what happens to Utah, they're 19 and 18. They're hanging on to a playoff spot, but then you have the Lakers who they're not trying to tank, but they're bad. They're 14 and 21. Right. And then you have OKC who they're 15 and 19 right now, but like, we'll see what happens um, down the stretch. So it's like you have less teams trying to talk themselves into thinking that there's a playoff run and more teams being like, "Eh, I think I'd rather have, you know, 10 more ping pong balls for a generational talent. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only other thing I can think of is if a bad team trades for D'Lo in order to make themselves worse and like buys them out. <laughs> Isn't that an idea, right? You know, like they, they trade two guys who are kind of starters, but they're a middling team. They, they buy out D'Lo, you know, if the Wolves yeah. get two kind of middling starters, that team gets to be worse. And then D'Lo goes and like signs with the Lakers. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you yeah, isn't it sad that this is the conversation that we're having right now? <laughs> no, but it, like it, it is interesting because, uh, yeah, with uh, you know, you don't want to root for injuries or whatever. But like right, right when the Booker one happened, I was kind of like, or you know, the re-injury. I was, it, it, you think of like opportunities that could change. Similar, totally. like, similar, like right, right with the NFL, where um, obviously Garoppolo ended up coming back with the 49ers. <laughs> but like, I think the 49ers before they before the injury happened, we're just kind of waiting for yeah. another team to like suffer an injury or, yeah, totally. or basically it's like, Hey, you need a quarterback. Cool. We have Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Give it us ended a, up being them. Second round pick. And then it actually ended up being the 49ers. Uh, okay. Let's get into our um, DraftKings read. <clears throat> the NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like in two months, the trade deadline is going to be here. Who's going to be where? Uh, when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, okay. Uh, and then we want to thank our friends over at three star sports cards. They're in Bloomington. They're in little Canada. Grading is back and it's down, um, in price that is. So if you have cards you need graded, um, in the next few months here, I think we have like NBA hoops coming out. So go check them out. Tell them the 10,000 lamps podcast sent you. And we're also doing a giveaway. Um, tweet us and I'll, I'll, I'll tweet this as well. Um, but tweet us and three stars with the favorite card you, you have just take a picture mm-hmm. of it. What's, what's your favorite card? Um, I think mine right now, I have, a uh, you know, I have a PSA 10, Justin Jefferson, um, like hollow prism, silver prism card nice. that I, that I really like. Um, I have a few ant PSA tens. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, just, just send us to your favorite card. It doesn't have to be the most expensive card. Um, if you do it, we're going to send you a $10, 
Free Star Sports Cards gift card. And guess what? If you're out of the market, we will let us know what you want. And because you, you you can't use the gift card online, mm-hmm. but we can buy something for you and use the gift card. Yeah. Um, so we can work something out. Um, we're good people. Um, okay. Uh, we talked about some of the other news. We talked about the teams that we thought should tank. That's a check. And we talked about Devin Booker being out. Um, we haven't talked about Luka Doncic's yeah. crazy ass game. I was this is a game I was actually watching live. Um, and I get the 60 point, 21 rebounds and 10 assists is freaking nuts. But I still think the most impressive thing of the whole entire game was the fact that he missed the free throw. And after it tipped off someone's hands, he was able to catch it and put it back in to send the game to overtime to make this possible. That was insane. Just nuts. He's ludicrous. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I like, so I waffle a little bit on Luca. Like he's, he's actually not my favorite player in the NBA. Um, Mm -hmm. but, I think he's very, uh, it's hard to deny how good he is. You know, like I'm not out here saying Luke is not good. Uh, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's, uh, he's something else. Yeah, he is. And, um, Jamal Crawford was on NBA TV with, uh, Grant Hill after the game, kind of talking about it. And he brought up some really good points. One I thought was interesting was that just talking about how like much it's it, how fun it is to watch Luca play basketball and that like, he's clearly not, playing for all the other things like certainly the money helps and the fame and whatever but like when you just watch him on the court like and i don't know if you saw his celebration after he's like sank that bucket like he looked like a little kid who just like went to the candy store right like he was so excited and yeah like watching him on the court is a lot of fun and then he brought up another point which goes more like basketball and basically and we've all kind of talked about this like lucas is the most not the most athletic guy and like certainly work all kind of waiting for the off season. And when he comes back and looks like the Hulk, um, you know, cause like keeping his body, he, you know, he joked after the game, like, Oh, I can't wait to go get a beer or whatever. Yeah. His recovery um, beer. Yeah. Which like is funny. Cause yeah, that's funny. It's how all of us are wired. Like, yeah, totally. Oh, I just totally. played basketball for three hours. So I'm going to go home and have dinner and have a beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but like basically how he doesn't rely on that athleticism and Jamal Crawford, instead of talking about it as like a negative was just like, he's like really young and knows how to control his body the way yeah. he does. Yeah. He, he plays like guys do when they adjust their game when they're 35. Yeah. And the fact that like he does, he's not going to need to do that. He's just going to like continue to improve on things that he already can do really yeah. well. Um, I thought that was interesting. Him like, and Jokic, man, they're just going to age so well. Well, and the they're thing is, it'll play forever. And the thing is like right now, Jokic has already won two MVPs and he's 27 and like, there's been like a bunch of like studies on this. Like most players don't actually peak until they are 25, 27. Yeah. Um, so the fact that like, you know, he's already won two MVPs and like, he's just hitting his prime. And then you have Luca who's probably in the lead to win MVP this year with some of these games. He's 23 years old. Uh, he'll be 24 at the end of the season. And it's like the, the fact to think that he's like three years away from hitting his peak. And he already has, um, he's won, you know, rookie of the year he's been all nba three times first team like in, the you western know, three of the finals yeah like western conference finals three all-stars yep. um you know like last year he was fifth in mvp the year before that sixth the year before that fourth like i don't know like at, at some point like I, and, and and i know like it's always like we're never gonna have like another lebron and then you have these guys from each era that kind of define you know it's like lebron kobe jordan um, and then you have, you know, other guys in there that are certainly very good, uh, as well. And like, you just wonder if like, 
you know, you had Giannis, you had Jokic, and it's like part of you is just like, is the guy that we're going to remember 15 years from now going to be Luca? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's possible that, I mean, as much as I think Jokic is going to age really well, like I think maybe his cultural moment, like significance is maybe kind of ending in a weird yeah. way. Um, like, I think he'll be one of the best players in the NBA for the next 10 years or whatever, but like, yeah. but, but at the same time, he just doesn't have the same cultural impact that Luca does right now. And, and I think, and I think same thing with Giannis. I think he, there was almost like some pushback against him after he won all those MVPs and like, then he won the finals and like, that was great. But that kind of felt like the Giannis moment. We haven't really seen anything after that to kind of, and so I do agree. I think, um, and Steph falling off helps a lot because I yeah. think Steph kind of defined the NBA for a for, long time. I agree. Um, and so I think there is an opening now for kind of a new it superstar. And Luke is certainly up there, especially if they do well he, in the playoffs this year. Like if he if he like takes them to the finals this year, like that's that's going to be like a, a really significant. Yeah. And the West seems to be open. And like you and I talked about this before, like we, we talk about this all the time, especially in like the sports card community, like centers and big men are just like disrespected yeah, and like, totally they're not they're not as cool as yep. like guards and wings and i think a lot of that honestly has to do with the fact that like when you go play at the you know ymca yeah like you're not six foot eight yeah right 300 pounds like <laughs> yeah you can't, you can't dunk and like beat the shit out of guys but you can hit a step back three or you can yeah. make a pass like luca or whatever um speaking of that uh i, I just pulled this quick after luca's game his psa 10 prism card mm-hmm. which is just like his his base prism psa 10 so back on uh september 29th that card was right around 325 dollars um the there, there was a sale on the 28th so yesterday but a day after the game for 425 um so so, so about a hundred dollar price increase and then it looks like even before that it was still down to like 325 ish yeah, it's um, really funny it's so just like, like ov- overnight just like the and I always wonder like who's buying those cards because when he had that game, I was like, okay, this offseason, I need to save money and I just want I want a Luca PSA 10 card and I just want to like keep it. And I already have I have one. It's just like the Donnerus base rated rookie and I have an optic yeah, have PSA yeah. PSA nine. And those those actually fell quite a bit in in, yeah. in price just because I think more people are getting cards back and grading. But but in my head, I'm like, I know the off season's the better time to buy that card. I'm like, who is immediately like, oh yeah, the t- the top of the market after we score sixty points? Let me, let me buy. And that. then like, also who's? It's like I, I both am like, who's buying these and who's selling these? Because it's like, it's like, well, who's buying them? Like, who's like just who's 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 collecting basketball cards and like being like, oh wow, Luca's good. Like yeah. after this, you know, it's like we knew this, mm-hmm. um, and then. Yeah, then kind of also who's selling. It's like, I guess that you could see like, okay, this is like a kind of a market peak or whatever, but only for the short term. Like if you think he's that good, like this might be like a 15 year hold, you know? So it's just like hard to, it's hard to say. It's, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Cause I was listening, I'd listened to a sports card podcast and one of the guys is big on, like he has his cards that he's just going to hold forever and yeah. whatever. But he, yeah. he always talks about like, you know, he, if he, let's say he has 20 Luca PSA 10 Donruss cards, right. And he see, and he like, let's say he wants that card, but he, and, and he intends on keeping it, but he'll still sell all 20 of them when he thinks the, the market has peaked. And then when they go back down below where 
you know, whatever. Buy them again. You'll, yeah. They'll buy them back, which like, I think for a lot of us that aren't like fully in, like it's literally his job is like flipping sports yeah. cards. That's yeah. what he does all day. So like, you know, he has much more time and knowledge than we do for me, like to make 60 bucks or something. It just seems like too much work. Yeah. But right, I mean, exactly. I guess if you have like a whole collection of it, um, yeah, I guess that's a little different. So yeah, like just wait until Luca like act, like loses in the first round of the playoffs in like a fluky. Yeah, just wait. Honestly, wait till like mid June or mid July. Like yeah. Once, it went, yeah. Once they're eliminated, or like in August before like the preseason hype comes and everybody's yeah. jacked about the NFL and they forget about the NBA for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okie dokie. Um, sweet. That's all I got. Uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be out of town this weekend, but uh, we'll be back next week to talk more wolf stuff. Maybe there's some news. Maybe there won't be. But uh, yeah, otherwise, everybody enjoy your New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Be safe, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.